Yes, of course. Burl Bearer. <laughs> I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I'm Roger Moore. I didn't supply the microphone. Live from the gleaming, state-of-the-art, streamlined studios of Outlaw Radio USA, nestled in our secret bunker somewhere in the Los Angeles area, following program is produced by Magic Matt Allen. Yay. Hey, what a, what a man. <laughs> what an engineering genius. <laughs> On the Outlaw Radio USA network. I am the legendary Burl Bear, True Crime Uncensored. The man over there is Howard Lapidus. Yes, well-known member of the International Zionist Conspiracy. Well, come on now. Matt, Matt's C- got to hang around for this show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Martin C.G. Boyer also uh, cashed uh, his check. Burl, what happened to uh, industry and nature working hand-in-hand? Hand? They oh, don't oh, work hand-in-hand oh, hand hand anymore. That's look, a plot. Look, 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 <laughs> it's a conspiracy of industry and nature working hand-in-hand. Hand. <laughs> Speaking of conspiracies... Got a man who knows all about them. He researches them. He, whether they're on the right, whether they're on the left, he traces their origins and goes, my God, these people are batshit. <laughs> Is that how you're starting the show today? That's how I'm starting the show My God, today. these people, people are, are batshit. Bat yeah. you, could, you could quote me on that one. Wow, that's Arthur a... Goldwag, nice to have you back on the show. Nice to be here. It's a thrill and a half. I does know that this is the number one true crime show in all of the world. He's not the only one that doesn't know. <laughs> there are millions who don't know. But uh, we, we've had Arthur on before. In fact, uh, when this show was being run on some other venue, they kept running it in New York every week <laughs> for the interview with Arthur. I guess they figured the people in New York needed to know about it. So them. that would have been before my time. Yeah. <laughs> Just every week they ran it again. They're, so still, they're still running. No, uh, I've always said that uh, that hate is a business. There's economics involved. And I was reading an incredibly lengthy and uh, erudite uh, article that you wrote for God knows who. I don't know who read it except me. But, uh, Why do you say I something like that? <laughs> well, because he writes like a college professor. Yeah, but, but we have a guest on the show, and, and you're... You're telling the guest that basically you think you're the only one that reads his stuff. Well, I'm sure there must be at least six others. Yeah. There's at least six uh, others. I, I, I know for a fact that my wife wrote that article. <laughs> oh, good. I know for a fact. Was this the, the Huffington Post article? <laughs> Mark, we don't care. So, yeah. so did, did your wife write the article or <laughs> she proofread it? No, yeah. no, no, she wrote it. Okay. Okay, you talk, about that, uh, you, know, you talk about that. You talk about the hate and uh, these conspiracy theories, and I've always said there's money involved. There's some sort of economic transaction going on here. And you came across uh, an article by Edward Glazer, a Harvard economist. Could you put this in layman's terms so idiots like us can understand what's going on? And Mark, what what, what Glazer did is he created an, an economic model where hate demagogy. Um, works basically that 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 um, he found that that politicians use hate when they rationally expect to get a result from it, and um, and there were some rules and so on. But he, you know, he basically found out that 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 it was it was a working transaction. So Arthur, and, Arthur, any examples in in modern day right now world that you can use. Well, gee, um, <laughs> you know, I, I get the. I, I wrote this book, The New Hate, and that was published in 2012. 
and I feel like if that book was being published in 2016 with a picture of Donald Trump on the cover, it would, you know, people would understand the relevance of it. Um, Trump has has um, built a mass movement on on resentment, and it's it's a fantastically successful thing. And you know, other people use dog whistles, and they got somewhere with them. Trump just came right out and said it. Let's send all the foreigners home. You know, let's 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 just do it right now. Let's build a wall. And you know, Trump is sort of like the um, you know, it, it, it's 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 like the grand climax of something that was put into motion. And of course, electing a, a African American president has brought a lot of people out of the woodwork. But I don't, you know, I, I don't know what Trump's real feelings are himself. I don't know if he's just a shaman, if he just uses this, if he's just just um, you know demagogy, if if it, if it's a transaction, like Edward Glazer said. But boy, you talk to the professional white supremacists, and they love it. And, <laughs> of um, so, so you're saying you suspect there may be two Trumps? <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, I, I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. Uh, one of the things that people do that I try not to do is look at celebrities and think that you know them. You know, pe- people that are, you're a celebrity, right? You're on the radio. No, they usually put on. Right. And Trump has been a TV character for as long as he's been a billionaire real estate developer. So, you know, who, who he really is, I don't know. But there's a very real possibility that he'll be president. Did you happen to we'll see Scandal uh, this week? Do you watch did that I show? What? The TV show mm-hmm. Scandal. I, I didn't. Oh, you missed a good one this week. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that show. But, but uh, the, uh, There's a character uh, on, the, uh, on the show currently who's running for president who is kind of a, an imitation of Donald Trump, except he's from the South. And he's doing all the same things, except he, you get him in private, which someone did, and then recorded it, was going, you think I really believe all that crap? <laughs> he says, no, he says, I'm getting the idiot vote. <laughs> he says, once I get knocked in, then I go ahead and do whatever the hell I want. Sounds like Obama. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like any politician. Well, you know, it's sort of what you hope. Because you you kind of hope that people aren't as 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 rotten as they sound. <laughs> you know, you you you, you hope that that. Uh, I mean, Trump to me, Trump and conspiracy theory. It's so interesting because, like, I I had people posting on my Facebook page and stuff at the beginning of this campaign. Um, you know, Jeb Bush is going to be the nominee because that's who the elites like. And I was pretty early on, I thought that it was going to be Donald Trump because he was polling so well. And I was just looking at the polls. And this one person who, who posts sometimes on my page, who I think she's a libertarian, she was like, the elite tablet that's in the bag. And I finally said, you know, if, if you, if you're right, then I'm going to believe in the Illuminati. Because I think <laughs> You know, I think Trump is, 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 
he's, he's proving the conspiracy theorists wrong. He's showing how little control the elites have over every purveyor of conspiracy theories there is. For instance, so, birthers. So, you know, Trump was, was, was certainly the most prominent birther, and prominent birther. And maybe people don't remember birther any, birthers anymore, but, you know, they're the people that say that Obama was um, not an American citizen. And, you know, Trump was, was pushing that relentlessly four years ago. And um, how, how it may how, even how be come, what got him to run for president. How come he was doing that four years ago? What, what do you think is, uh, what was his agenda there? Because I think he loves attention. And he saw that he was getting attention with that. And maybe he believes it, too. You know, again, you, you never know with these people. You never know. Um, if you, everybody knows that the, the the best salesmen believe in their product, and m- maybe he really believes that stuff. Um, but it's just funny, and, and you know, he, uh, the day that he clinched the nomination, he 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 was citing this this National Enquirer story, this photograph of a guy that looks like Ted Cruz's father standing next to Oswald. And saying, you know, there's there's this evidence that Ted Cruz's father was a part of the Kennedy assassination. Why isn't the media on this? Well, you know, if a crazy person says that, you say that they're crazy. Um, you know, I mean, but but Kennedy conspiracy theory. I mean, that's like that's the ultimate in conspiracy theory. And there's Trump, and you know, citing the National Enquirer like it's the New York Times. Um, but the, what do the conspiracy theorists think of him? You know, um, on the one hand, he proves them wrong, unless, you know, he, he, he's the guy that, that... I don't know. I mean, I just... It, 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 look, when they, when they went through Osama bin Laden's... ...library after, the, after the, they discovered was that he was buying every conspiracy theory book and reading about... Um, he had all the 9-11 truth books. And, you know, if anyone knows whether or not Osama bin Laden did it or whether Bush did it, I think Osama bin Laden and Bush are the two people that would know. <laughs> and apparently Osama bin Laden was like, you know, was reading this stuff. Maybe, you know, maybe he just liked to read about himself. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, well, narcissists tend to be that way. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for me, it's, it's just... It's very depressing because um, nothing ever changes. It, it, the, the same, the same. I mean, conspiracy theories. There's like four of them, and and they 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 come up every few years. People people rediscover them every few years, and they think they're inventing the wheel every time they do it. But you know, but but then reality is crazier than conspiracy theory, and it, and it just seems to get worse and worse and worse. Well, I, I got a slight digression here. One thing that I, I want you to explain to me where it comes from is this FEMA camp stuff about how they're going to round us up and put us in FEMA camps. Sure. Where does that um, come from? Well, it specifically comes from. Well, nobody knows where we're at first. The first, the earliest story that everyone agrees on, it was the Posse Comitatus which was a militia group that, well, it was, a, it was actually a criminal enterprise 
They were white supremacists that made their money by robbing banks, and they terrorized the Pacific Northwest oh, in the yeah. early 1980s. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a posse, piece of posse comitatus literature that said that um, FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, which had been started by President Carter in 1979, and whose charter um, involved it, it gives the it, it gives the federal government the right to come in and take over state functions. Mm-hmm. And um, they said, well, you know, this is what, what and, and FEMA camps were places that were designated to put refugees. If, if there's a terrible flood or something, you know, you could build these tent cities. And, um, and they, they, you know, and they had drawn up plans for places where they would put them if they needed to. And the Posse Comitatus people said, you know, this is, this is where they're going to round up people like us. Patriots in the militia movement are, are going to get rounded up and put in there. And this was... Um, you know, this is when Reagan was president. This this isn't um, Bill Clinton craziness. They but they were really, really a fringe group. And like I said, the, the the federal government was very much after them because they were bank robbers too. But then, moving ahead a few years in the 1990s, when Clinton was was president, and the militia groups were really rising, and they were being called patriot groups by that point. There was a woman that made a movie, I can't remember her name, but it was a very, very popular movie in in the Patriot movement. She was the person also who said that the um the highway signs on on um interst- on interstate highways mm-hmm. that if you looked at the back of them there were barcodes on them and if you read the barcodes they were giving instructions to the UN troops that were gonna take <laughs> over the United States. Um, that, that, that wasn't anyways, that wasn't true. <laughs> well, it hasn't happened yet. Could any minute now because you know Obama's not going to step down. But anyway, the they, um, she started pushing the idea of FEMA camps very hard. That Clinton was building these camps all over the country and he was going to take people like her and lock them up in them. But if you go back to the 1950s, there was a. Um, a and the Lord state knows didn't have, well, the state didn't have money to build them. State mental hospitals, and this, there was a thing with the federal government um, was going to. The federal government gives Alaska a lot of money, and um, there was a, a legislation for the federal government to build a mental hospital in Alaska. And a woman in Orange County, California, got a hold of that and said, this is going to be the American Gulag. And she wrote an op-ed piece that said, um, the American Gulag's going to be, this is when Eisenhower was president, that they're going to round up all of the real patriots and lock them up in these places, and they're going to say, we're crazy, just like the Russians do. And it got picked up all over the place. This is before the Internet, so it just got picked up in print. A funny thing is that the senator, that, and it almost stopped the funding, and the senator that, that pushed the funding through was Barry Goldwater, who's like a hero of, of the right wing, would, would become a hero of the right wing. But that was basically the same story as the FEMA camps. And, and you know, people, it, it, there certainly are 
prison camps where there are political prisoners in other countries. And, you know, you could make an argument that the United States has people arrested if they don't like them and put in prison. And you can probably find some stories about people that really were, you know, politically targeted. They're not camps, though. Um, the gulags, there were hundreds of thousands and even millions of people, you know, being being um, being locked up and being put in camps. That, that, that's not the case here. But people imagine that it is. And FEMA, I, I have, like, in, in my book on conspiracies, I just speculated in a footnote. Um, you know, why did George W. Bush, why did he down once Hurricane Katrina happened that FEMA was run so badly? Because the people of New Orleans really needed better coordinated federal response. And um, Bush had spent the last four years downsizing the agency, firing people. He gave it to two cronies to run, and they kind of ran it into the ground. And I thought, well, maybe one of the reasons that he downsized it was because he reads this right-wing literature, and he knows that FEMA's a, you know, that people don't like FEMA. I don't know. Um, well, it sure didn't work FEMA. out well for the people in New Orleans. <laughs> it worked out well no, for the 94 earthquake. for that matter. I mean, Katrina was really his downfall. Yes, it did. Um, his, his, his slide nice. began after that. So, I mean, but, but that's where it comes from. And like so many of these conspiracy stories, it's it's a little weird and not particularly original. <laughs> <laughs> well, I came across uh, the uh, an article about this fellow who is a notorious anti-Catholic, uh, and he made his living producing uh, uh, anti-Catholic hate literature. And in his memoirs of his brilliant career, he tells the story that he didn't really want to start out being anti-Catholic. He wanted to be an anti-Semite. Uh, that was, that was his, his business plan, was uh, to you know, be an anti-Semite and make money. I can't money. wait to hear what happened here. Yeah, this is a true story. Uh, but he did his research, like anyone doing a business plan would, and discovered that the anti-Semitism industry in America was controlled by uh, two or three families in, uh, on the East Coast. And so it had to be done on the West Coast because he couldn't compete with them. So he checks out the West Coast and discovers that the Jews on the West Coast were either assimilated enough or not large enough or not Hasidic-looking enough to stand out. So he did market research on what minority group is integrated into society but is just different enough that you can spot it. It was purely a business decision. Yeah, so I mean, it had nothing against him personally. It was just, it's nothing personal as business. <laughs> so he built this empire of income on selling hate against Catholics when he really, the whole time, so, really wanted so, to be an anti-Semite. So what was he selling? When you say selling hate against, what, what, was, he, what was he saying? Well, uh, Arthur could explain by better than I do where the income stream comes from. They do pamphlets. They do books. You can make a brooch. Um, uh, a caradactyl, a hat. It, this is like a classic example and um, that people don't know about. The second Ku Klux Klan, the one, the one that, that was revived in 19, 1916, um, and which ended up enrolling like up to 10 million members, and then it fell apart in the 20s because of a bunch of sex scandals and people suing each other and so on. It was a for-profit enterprise. They sold clan regalia. They sold clan literature. 
and they sold memberships. And if it, a, a Graham Cleagle was somebody that could sign up like 30 people. So, it's like multi-level um, marketing. It's like Dare to be Great or something. Yeah, but it really was. It was. It was a big. Um, it was a. It was a big, big pyramid scheme, and um, there is money to be made in. Um, there's money to be made in conspiracy theory, and fear. Um, all of the big, crazy right wing people, they sell stuff, and it, it's no secret. I mean, a character like Ron Paul, who has had affiliations with some very right wing groups and some very racist groups, and has also, you know, been a fairly successful presidential candidate and a popular congressman, and not a stupid man by any means, but he he's sold a bunch of stuff. And those Ron Paul newsletters with all the race, and that was a for-profit enterprise. And um, he made a lot of money selling those things. And you tend to get that on the right more than the left. Um, the, the, you know, the, 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 the crazy left-wing groups, I think they, they tend to be a little more sincere than some of the crazy right-wing groups. But you look... Almost all of the, the, the impresarios of, of right-wing hate, they've had direct mail operations, they, they, they have products that they sell, they have... It, it's interesting. It's, um, yeah, um, you go to Stormfront, you can uh, buy a, a T-shirt that says slavery. It gets things done. <laughs> well, somebody makes money off of that. Yeah. Well, it, the slavery is alive and well around the world. Most of, um, most Rich, of it child slavery. wrote a classic essay called The Long Con that was about a lot of these different conspiracy groups. And Willis Cardo, who was a Holocaust denier and a very, very serious white supremacist and a truly evil man, um, he had a big direct mail operation. And, it, and like so many of these people, they tend to fall apart. Um, they're angry people, and um, there ends up being a lot of litigation, and, and the empires fall to pieces. So, I mean, a lot of these things come to a bad end. But They certainly but, recycle yeah. a lot of stuff. I mean, I came across uh, the John Birch Society anti-Kennedy pamphlet that was re-released in the past few years. All it is, they took Kennedy's face off it and put Obama's face off it, but the text was the same. And, you know, and it all comes, so much contemporary conspiracy theory comes from the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. And the Elders, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion were cut and pasted from anti-Catholic and anti-Mason conspiracy theory. And anti-Catholic, um, I mean, much more than, than Calvin and Knox and the other Protestants. I mean, Luther is, 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 is where the mother load of anti-Semitism is. And I find it fascinating. If you, uh, We had an opportunity some years ago to actually visit and see the Magna Carta as it went through the Reagan Library. And it still fascinates to me this day that at that time they, were, they wrote specific regulations of the rights of Jews into the Magna Carta. And that surprised you because? Well, uh, that, that, that their prowess at banking was so well known. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, anyway, I got to tell you, I was on the bus and there was this guy ranting about the Rothschilds, right? International Jewish conspiracy on the, on bus. the bus. On the bus. What line? Uh, the Metro. Okay. And so stay off of that one. And he's going on and on about the uh, the Rothschilds uh, bank in uh, Berlin or whatever it was. And I finally could take it. I said, excuse me. I said, they never had a bank in Berlin. <laughs> well, they did have a bank in Frankfurt. <laughs> yeah. They didn't have one in Berlin. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that, But facts don't matter. Facts don't matter at all. And the, I mean, the other two books that, that everything gets cut and pasted from, there, there were two books about the Illuminati that were both published in 1798, one of them in French and one of them in English, to the, to the Illuminati, which was a super-secret branch of Masonry. The Illuminati was a real group, too. I mean, and, and they were... And they were a real revolutionary group, but they probably only had about a hundred members. And you know, you can you can read all about the Illuminati to this day. You can read about how they have superpowers. You oh yes, read, um, could they leap tall buildings but, in a single bound? Stop. But, you know, people need. The the other thing I I wrote about in my book is like. If you want to get really really scared about the devil, you have to believe in the devil. And, um, like, you know, when I was a little kid, I read, I, well, I was a teenager, I read The Exorcist, and I was just terrified. And I was, you know, I, one night I, I was afraid to get out of bed because I had been reading The Exorcist and I was afraid of the devil. And then suddenly I was like, wait a minute, you're Jewish. <laughs> And, you know, then my kids would have to say, you know, why was my father killed for no reason? The world has... I don't know if I could have children knowing knowing that. And they'd be really scared. But if someone said, well, you know, your father wrote a book about conspiracy theory, and, um, you know, and the Rockefellers had to stop him before he, he got to the truth, so they sent an assassin... And um, they'd say, oh, well, you know, it makes sense. And, you know, and my father was actually a hero because he was trying to trying to reveal this thing. And then the world, it's still, it's still a terrible world, but it's a more understandable world. And, um, you know, and it's, it's exactly the same thing with um, if you believe in the devil, then you never have to wonder why a bad thing happened. It seems to me that the human human nature needs A, to belong, and B, to promote the belonging. And any, anything that isn't part of the belonging becomes then the enemy. Um, you take, uh, as an example, you can take uh, religion in general. Religion... Uh, eliminates responsibility and abdicates it to whatever it is that you are worshiping within that religion, whether it be uh, is, uh, Islamic, where the, where uh, their God has given them the right to go and kill innocent people. Wait, 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 wait! Back up, back up, well, back up, back up. That's bullshit. That's their interpretation. Yeah, but that is they not what the book says. You can say the same thing about Jews, and they do. Now, if you you've probably noticed this, Arthur, that if you go on any of these sites where the people are ranting and raving about the evil whatevers, sooner or later, 
whether they're attacking Muslims, whether they're attacking blacks, whether they're attacking Chinese, sooner or later, it gets down to the Jews. Well, what else is new, Pearl? <laughs> that's not new. Have you noticed that, Arthur? Of course I've noticed it. <laughs> when we were slaves in Egypt <laughs> in well, one, of the, one, of the, one of the interesting things that happened in America um, America is basically a country that was founded on anti-Catholicism you know, the, the, the pilgrims hated the Catholics the Puritans hated the Catholics um, anti-Catholic conspiracy theory was a huge thing in this country. We had a, a know-nothing movement in this country that was anti-Catholic immigrants. Um, we had, um, when Kennedy was running for president, there were a lot of, you know, like you were saying about the John Birch Society literature that you saw, there, there, there was a big, big wave of anti-Catholicism. And then it just hit a wall. Uh, around 1970, it just stopped. And you have people that grew into adulthood now that have no idea that this was an anti-Catholic country, that just have no idea. And I live in Brooklyn, and Brooklyn has... Um, Two Catholics. Of, of, <laughs> of, well, it has thousands of empty, empty Catholic schools, um, the church has been selling off its property like crazy. Um, why were there so many Catholic schools and so many huge facilities in New York? There's still a lot of Catholics here, but they're mainstream now. Catholics used to live in a parallel world. They went to their own schools. They 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 had the you know the Catholic contractors that did, that, that that built for other Catholics. All of a sudden, all those walls broke down, and they became completely mainstreamed. And people have just forgotten. And I, I think it's a remarkable thing. And um, I think it's probably going to happen with the Jews in this country. But um, whoa, 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 whoa. But it happens, what's, yeah. what's going to repeat that? What's going to happen with the Jews? Semitism is just going to become a, 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 a factor in conspiracy theory, and not a factor in, in um, you know, it, it's not. It, it, you know. It, America's been, America has, anti-Semitism has always been present in America. It hasn't been strong enough for it to, you know, for, for it to affect Jews okay. for, um, whoa, 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 in a terrible whoa. way. Arthur, there Arthur. haven't been death camps in this country. It, it hasn't been legal to, to um, anti-Semitism has always been illegal in this country, even, even when, um, when when Grant banned Jews from from the Tennessee area and during the Civil War, the president overrode it. Um, yeah, but we we the, wanted nothing to do with Tennessee anyway. <laughs> no, but but what what I'm saying is is you know America's the most pretty much the most philo-Semitic country in the history of the world. I, 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 Israel. I, I don't know if I can agree with you. I mean, growing up a Jew. Uh, and actually, why did the Catholics beat the crap out of us uh, Jews? I mean, that was going on. Uh, How old are you? How old are you? Older than you. Um, probably by not that, that much. I, it's it's changing. I mean, I think I, it also it, depends, Arthur, whether you're in an urban area or whether you're in a rural area. I'm sixty. Uh, what album am I? Sixty-eight, you're something 60, like that. You're sixty-eight. You're you're older than me. You're, you're, you're ten years older than me. 
but, but which, the, is, which makes a difference. In the 50s and into the 60s, Arthur, I mean, it, it was uncomfortable uh, going to a 3,000-person high school as a Jew where there was mm-hmm. 20 of us, six blacks, and the, and the rest, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the goyim. Look, I, I experienced it in New Jersey growing up, but I think, it's, I think this is something that really is going to change in this country over time. Um, and part of the reason I think that is because it changed with the Catholics. And the Catholics, they were the majority of Christians in this country, and yet they were hated. <sighs> and and it was, you know, it's because they were they were recent immigrants. Well, that was and, the real thing. Get to the nativist movement of the 1840s and all that insanity, which we'll get into right after we take a 60-second break to put some swastikas in some Jews' mailboxes. We'll be right back. <laughs> cell phone, and I know you do because you probably got Grinder on there, but it's time for you to add another app. That app would be for Outlaw Radio through the courtesy of RadioLoyalty.com. My suggestion is that you upload that app for free, mind you. Yes, totally free app. In order to be able to listen to us, the Demons of Decadence, every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 6 Pacific Standard Time or Pacific Daylight Time, and you'll have the opportunity to listen to us smoke drink and interrupt each other, which we do a really good job of doing. So once again, RadioLoyalty.com to pick up your free app of Outlaw Radio. Once again, this is Frank. So get off a grinder and get on to Outlaw. Nice. Nice. Hi, I'm the legendary Burl Bear, taking time out of my busy schedule of hosting this incredible radio program. We've been talking to you, and we will some more with other Goldwag, but I get to hype my books right now. So the book I will hype that ties into what we're talking about is my private eye novel, Headlock, which takes place in Walla Walla, Washington, and stars somebody who's just like me, except younger, stronger, better looking, but absolutely no smarter. What plays a major plot hood. Now, Arthur can tell you about the Phineas Priesthood. Phineas Priesthood, some white supremacists who are doing bank robberies in the Pacific Northwest to fund some of their outrageous activities. Also notorious anti-Semites, anti-Catholics, anti-just about everything except themselves and maybe their mother, unless their mother happens to be Jewish and Catholic. So, if you want to find a vastly amusing and very clever, brilliantly written private eye novel, I suggest you buy several, and one of them might be mine. It's called Headlock by Burl Bear from Wild Blue Press. Yes, of course. Burl Bear. I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I'm Roger Moore. I didn't supply the microphone. Back to True Crime Uncensored with Burl Bear and Howard Lapidus. I don't want to imply that they don't exist. (laughs) Yeah, they do um, exist. Unfortunately, a lot of them seem to like Donald Trump. But, I mean, they're here. But, But where they're not, you don't see, you know, you don't hear it on television. You don't hear it from men like the Catholics and the Jews have a new a new group to attack, and they attack them. 
Yeah. Which is the Muslims. Oh, and, the, and liberals. Liberal Muslims, too. Oh. <laughs> well, there are lots of liberal Muslims. And there's, you know... There are fantasies that ISIS, the, not my dog ISIS, who passed away, but the terrorist <laughs> oh, group ISIS. Uh, so the reasons is they don't leave and go to America. He'll become liberal. You don't want that to happen. Stay here. <laughs> well, that's that's one of the dangerous things about about America is that it, it um, at least it used to be, is that it would absorb these people and and take the edge off of their radicalism. You know, it would it would it would make everybody middle class <laughs> in the old days. Make everybody what? What what's that <laughs> phrase again? <laughs> yeah. It would make them, you know, bourgeois. <laughs> yeah, that, I prefer borscht. <laughs> Just had some great potato leek soup, by the way, at a French restaurant. Uh, I'll reach to the rednecks. Why does this lady think I'm a, a crackpot? Well, you're, a, you're a what? A pa- what'd you do with Pesach? Why, no, why? why does this lady think I'm a crackpot? Uh, she didn't say why. She just said, if you're not going to treat this guy like a crackpot, I may not listen. Other people take him seriously. And I said, the question is, will he take me seriously? Well, nobody no, takes a lot of seriously. people think that, I'm, that, that I am a conspiracy theorist. And they and, buy my book, and then they're terribly disappointed in me. Well, you, you, you certainly... And they admit, send me hate mail. <laughs> you, you make a living on conspiracy theory. That all conspiracy theories are conspiracy. A very poor living, I might add. Yeah, that's because you're an author. I could have warned you. <laughs> I, well, I could have told you in advance. You want a career that's <laughs> that in radio. Yeah. Remember when there used to be live radio in your town? What town was that? Uh, whatever town he's in. They still have live DJs in New York, don't they, once in a while? Yeah, uh, Thursdays. Sure. Thursdays they have live DJs mm-hmm. in New York. I'm still, I'm still a big hot shot this job. But you're not in New York. Yeah, I am in New oh, York. Oh, you are. That's right. He is. I take that back because he's on Sirius XM, Seventies on Seven, over the and world. he's very popular all over the world. Until they find out that he that Milt Burl said he could be half Jewish, at which time <laughs> it's all over for him. Except being as a we control show business, he, he, he does. <laughs> he, uh, Arthur does try and sell this half Jewish thing. And we let him. Yeah. We, we let him. You know, that's like, uh, you'll get a kick out of this, Arthur. Maybe I, maybe not. I was having dinner at the country club one night years ago in Walla Walla, and behind me, I hear they this guy. They let you in. They, they knew you were a Jew? They let well, you this in is the, the story. They did not used to let Jews in there. Yeah. yeah. Until the guy who ran the place who was an anti-Semite died, and then they recruited us, you know. Anyway, so I'm having dinner in there, and I can hear this guy behind me, I mean, directly behind me at dinner going, well, it's the damn Jews this, and the Jews that. And he's going on and on and on. It's just every anti-Semitic thing you could think of. And that was the rabbi. Yeah, and I can't... Well, that was the, that was the, the synagogue that was so exclusive they didn't allow Jews. But, but anyway, I, I pushed my chair back and bump into the guy so I can stand up and say, oh, excuse me. And it's my insurance agent. <laughs> and so, oh, hi, Burl, how are you? It's great to see you. Oh, am I? <laughs> yeah, I'm pissed off. So I go home and I call my dad. I said, Dad, you won't believe this. Blah, blah, blah. He goes, wait, it was your insurance agent, right? And I said, yeah. And he laughs. I said, but every Jew in town does business with this guy, and he's a raging anti-Semite. I says, that's the reason we do it. Why? He says, we figure if he's totally surrounded by Jews and in Jews' homes, that maybe someday before he dies, he'll figure out that that's all BS. Now, hang on a second. I've got to prove his point. I, I, you're, 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 he was, your father was, was, was wrong. 
Well, actually, I think he did come to a realization. I mean, got hit way, with a lightning the, bolt before uh, he died. Right there in Walla Walla, you could have put this guy on the street. Take him out of business. <laughs> right there. Now that, we the next morning. Spends enough time with us, he'll get over his aunt prejudice. That's not going to happen. Keep an eye on him. Keep yeah. your enemies close. No, 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 no. His father wasn't saying that. His father was saying that if he hangs with us long enough, he'll figure if he'll figure out that he likes us. That's not going to happen. Betty, Betty died hating this you. Also, in, in, in truth, um, some of the most in history, when there were waves of anti-Semitism. And in the Middle Ages and stuff, some of the, the, the worst outbreaks of anti-Semitism were in places where there were no Jews. Um, you're afraid of what you don't know. And this guy, you know, what he's afraid of aren't, aren't, aren't the people in Walla Walla that are Jewish. It's the Rothschilds. It's, 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 you know, it's the Jews of the imagination. Them's the worst um, kind. There's a book for you, The Jews of the Imagination. Yeah, I like that. Um, oh, the ones with the, the, the Muslims that you're afraid of aren't the Muslims that you see in your neighborhood if you live in a place with lots of Muslims. It's the terrifying Muslims that you imagine coming to get you. And put and, me in a FEMA well, camp. Well, well, what about the people in San Bernardino that saw these these folks coming and going day in and day out right in their neighborhood? I mean, yeah, there there was no, you know. That's why it was so shocking. Um, okay. But it, you know, it happened in San Bernardino. It doesn't happen doesn't happen everywhere. And when it happened, it was pretty damn shocking. But um, just like it was shocking you know, when I, the JDL wanna, uh, blew up. I don't uh, want to. I don't want to play down the horrors of Islamic terrorism. But there are many, many, many more Islamic victims of Islamic terrorism than there are Americans. Um, you know, right now there's there's more Americans that have been shot by toddlers than there are Americans that have been shot by by Islamic terrorists in this country. Cobblers, toddlers. Oh, I thought you said cobbler. God, guys, I can get my shoes fixed. You had one this week. <laughs> a, a, I mean, a cobbler killing. I'm, I'm 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 in the business of understanding hate, and and and, and it's a terrible thing. So, do you understand hate? Do I understand it? Not at all. Okay. But um, I find it profoundly boring. I mean, just profoundly boring. It was, it was fascinating to me when I started out, but then I realized that it's just the same thing over and over again. And you know, what, it, what is it, that thing? Give us the circle of, of hate. It, it's always, um, it's these strangers. Beware of strangers. And... Um, and, you know, if you're poor, it's because these people picked your pocket. And it's very rarely because, um, I mean, like, you've got pretty good reason to be wary of bankers and businessmen. But, you know, <laughs> the, the, the conspiracy theories that stick aren't about, like, you know, about the bankers that, that, that actually... That actually you're taking your money. It's about bankers that lived a hundred years ago in, in Germany and in France and stuff. It's it's you know, and if you get into classic hate literature and, and also like Nesta Webster, you know, she she takes it back to Babylonia and what it's really about are are the 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 enemies of, of, of um the, the, the biblical enemies. 
what's your favorite? What's your favorite hate absurd, group? <laughs> not hate group. No, no, not at all. Uh, but uh, cons- what's your favorite, most absurd conspiracy theory of all time? I probably told you this the last time I was on the air. The guy um, who said that Kennedy was killed by the driver of the limousine, and he killed him. This was um, William Cooper's theory. And he killed him because Kennedy had found out about Area 51 and that the aliens were really running the country. And that was like, I thought that was pretty much the craziest thing I had ever read. That's not true. How did that make it past a minute, though? (laughs) In in all seriousness, Um, how did that make it past a minute? Because it's bizarre. It's absurd. Um, But now, the interesting thing about Cooper is he was a pretty crazy conspiracy theorist, um, but he was killed by the government. So, and he's like, most conspiracy theorists go on saying the government's going to get me, and the government never does. But um, he was a tax protester, and when the sheriff came to repossess his house, he met them with his gun, and there was a gunfight, and he was killed. So you can, he, he's one of the very few that was actually killed by the government, not well, by the federal I mean, government. He, not, he, not pulled out the, he pulled out a gun on the government. Let's, which way did this go here? <laughs> <laughs> now, I thought it was interesting that the, from my research, the first known triune conspiracy theory was during the Black Plague. And that was that this was a conspiracy between, of course, the Jews... The Muslim king of uh, Majorca or someplace, <laughs> and uh, the lepers, and the idea was is that the uh, the uh, the Muslims were putting up the uh, the money in the organization, and the Jews were helping the the Jews were stealing unconsecrated hosts from the church, and then the lepers were infecting them, and then they were putting the infected hosts from the church into the water supply. The lepers had a hard time saluting. Yeah, it was difficult. They could do it a zig heil, their arms fell off. It's actual proof that, that it was a Jewish conspiracy because they took some Jews and tortured them, and when they tortured them enough, they confessed that they were poisoning all the wells. Well, so of there course. you have it. There you have it. That's why torture, uh, torture and slavery work. You can get any answer you want if you beat them hard enough. And 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 they do. Yeah. Well, so as as this boils to the surface, I mean, I've always wondered. I mean, with the current climate, it's just as, as you pointed out in, in your article that ideas that were considered crackpot fringe stuff a couple decades ago have crept into the mainstream of American culture where people say this stuff and no one goes, they're batshit. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay. You're big on the batshits. Well, yeah, because that's why I see these. <laughs> I wrote an article for Sapon a couple years ago in which I said that made conspiracy theories are like the canary in the mind shift mm-hmm. of the state. And when people start, when when conspiracy theories become really current, then you know that people are really upset and there's something wrong. Um, what's wrong usually isn't the plots and you know the the things that they're worried about. It isn't that the Rothschilds are here doing evil, but something's wrong. And I think that you know, as a um, 
as a barometer of what's going on right now, the rise of the Donald Trump tells you that things are really on the wrong track in this country, and people are really, at least enough people are really unhappy that, that he can win the Republican primaries. President and Republicans. we'll see if enough people are unhappy that he can be president. We'll see. Uh, I remember when I was a, a kid, back when we had a middle class in America, and we were told how wonderful we were compared to every place else on earth. We're told that any time you see a country with extremes of poverty and extremes of wealth, and a corruption is rampant. Thank God we live and, in America. Well, hasn't it changed? And it really has. <laughs> I mean, it really has. And, of course, television had a good deal to do with the middle class, you know, and all the consumerism and everything. That came out just the right time. was used to get people to buy everything. It was wonderful. How do you do that? All that. And, uh, I you know, as, as someone who is, is still, apparently, an, an investigative journalist, uh, I keep learning more and more that facts don't matter, which really is frustrating. <laughs> when the rumor becomes fact, print the rumor. There you go. Arthur, thank you very, very much. That's my hour went thank by you. fast. It did, did go fast, and, and uh, we hope to have you on again and again and uh, and again after that. Thanks. And I'll let you know when this is up online so people can listen to it until they have it memorized. The New Hate okay. by uh, Arthur Goldwag, available now online or in print, whatever you like. Hey, bro. Yeah. What's next? I believe it's Magic Ben Allen's Demons of Decadence live in the Light Up Lounge somewhere in the Los Angeles area. Strap yourself in. You're in for a very bumpy ride. Food and in visions they came 